Do any of us really want to be married or is it just our ego saying, I want to be the favorite child. I want to be the bestest friend. I want to be chosen. Like, do, do we really want these things or do we, is it just our ego telling us we want to be yeah. chosen? And now you're listening to the Sugar Free Podcast. Welcome to the tea party, friends. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea. You know it's sugar free. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea. Up in here, we like it sugar free. Come through, stop by, get up with me. With your girl sitting back, I'm a little crazy. Ooh, right here with me. It's where you wanna be. Wanna be. Let's get it sugar free. Yeah. Now tell me, girl. Me, girl. How you like your tea? How you like your tea? You know it's sugar free. Yeah. Hey, friends. Hey. Once upon a time, not long ago, it was a wrap. <laughs> I know that's not where you thought I was going with that. But yes, friends, it is a wrap. Today's episode marks the season finale for season two of the Sugar Free Podcast. Can we get some snaps, claps, all of that? <laughs> Hey, I am so proud of me and I'm so proud of you. Thank you all so much for hanging in there with me for yet another season of the Sugar Free Podcast. Hopefully y'all loved it and enjoyed it and hopefully y'all keep tuning in. So just like last season, I'm not going to leave you high and dry. I'm going to be checking in with you every single week because that's what we do here at the Sea Party Friends. That is what we do. We check in. We kiki and we spill plenty of tea. That's 100% sugar free. So every single week from now until the season three premiere, which is slated for July, I'm going to give you all a little sneak peek. So, yeah, we're looking to come back in July. Um, but every single week until then, I'm going to be hitting y'all with that remix. We get another remix. Hey, it's the remix. <laughs> so we're going to be busting out the remixed theme song. We're going to be doing a best of season two with bonus outtakes, new intros, all of that. So that we can keep the party going until season three. Okay. Y'all ready? Wonderful. So with that, it's time for this week's episode. Are y'all ready? Yes, I am super ready. So this week we are covering open relationships. <gasps> <laughs> I am so ready for this topic because I feel like it's something that we all need to be thinking about and exploring and considering. I'm not saying that I'm going to hop out there tomorrow and I'm going to be in a, a, a open relationship. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying that as we begin to rewrite the rules to this thing called life and figure it out, I'm saying, I'm thinking that this is something we need to know more about so that we can just really fully consider it. That's all I'm saying. We just need some information and some education. So that's what we're going to do today. And so that's why I have brought 
two. So this is also a sugar-free podcast first. We have two guests this week. So I have brought two fabulous ladies to the tea party today to talk to us from their experiences, both as a dating coach and a participant in an open relationship, respectively, about how we can begin to rethink and reshape our ideas about monogamy and relationships moving forward. So y'all, please help me, help me, help me. Welcome to the tea party, Miss Yolanda Kelly, who is a premier dating coach and black matchmaker in Atlanta, Georgia. And my good friend, our homegirl in our heads, Miss Brianna Wright, who is going to be talking to us about her experiences participating in an open relationship. So y'all ready? Y'all ready? Clap for them, clap for them, clap for them. And help me in welcoming to the tea party, Yolanda and Brie. Why don't we get started with you first, Yolanda? Please tell the good people who you are and what you do. Hello, hello. I'm Yolanda Kelly. I am Atlanta's premier black matchmaker and dating coach. I am a lover of people. I'm a love motivator. I'm a mother. I'm a granny. And I'm a best friend and all of that. But my passion is connecting people for the sake of healthy relationships and friendships and business networking and marriage. And I coach singles on dating to meet their relationship goals. Yes. Oh, I love this. Oh, I'm so excited for this. I can't can't wait. (laughs) Brie, you are up next, girl. Tell the good people who you are. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Brianna Wright, and I am a commercial litigator for a firm in New York. Um, And outside of work, I am a mother to a four-legged dog named Brooklyn. Um, And during my free time, I like to spend time with my family, friends, dog, reading, knitting. And I am here today. Uh, because I am in an open polyamorous relationship. Um, We will get into what that means uh, later on in the episode. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, I am so, so very excited to have both of you ladies for this episode, which is about making room for love, exploring open relationships. And so this is a sugar-free podcast first in a couple of ways. So this is the first time ever that I've had two guests on at one time. (laughs) But this particular topic is so big. I feel like we needed to cover it from a few angles. And this is the first time we've ever talked about exploring unconventional relationships. So we've talked about dating on the show before, but this is the first time where we are taking an opportunity to explore dating from a new non-traditional way. And so I am not the expert here, ladies. And so I'm going to kick it to you all. It has become a staple on the show for us to begin the episode with some definitions and kind of just level set about what it is, what it ain't, so that people who are unfamiliar with the topic can keep up. So I have to ask, I thought you were in an open relationship, not necessarily a polyamorous one. Flesh that out for me or... (laughs) Sure. So there are a lot of definitions and people sometimes 
mixed definitions, intermingled definitions. So what I mean by an open polyamorous relationship, so polyamory literally breaks down to multi-loves. And so in a polyamorous relationship, you have the ability to form multiple romantic, intimate loves, which isn't necessarily sexual loves. A lot of times when people refer to open a relationship, sometimes they use it as an umbrella term, but it also means that the relationship can be open to other sexual relations outside of that relationship. But sex and love aren't necessarily connected, whereas in a polyamorous relationship, the root of the relationship is based in love and not necessarily just sex. Mm, Okay, see, I was confused because I thought that polyamory referred to like a thruple, right? Like all the people in the relationship are also in relationship with one another. But you can, as you've described it, have a polyamorous relationship that each relationship that you have with each person is disconnected from the relationships with other people, right? Like I can have one relationship over here on the left and I can have one relationship here on the right. And none of these relationships have anything to do with each other. Correct. Exactly as you, as, as you described it. And that is how my relationship dynamic is, but it can include a thruple, but it doesn't necessarily have to. Like my relationships are completely separate and different uh, from each other. And they're not connected. We're not all in relationship together. Gotcha. So I I did some internet research. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, because you know, Google, you can learn anything. So when I looked up open relationships, they had underneath that umbrella like swingers, polyamory, sister wives, all of these different things. And so I I would ask that question specifically to try to separate or define open relationships separate from swinging and polyamory, which also fall under the umbrella of open relationships, which per my research, also fall under the umbrella of ethical non-monogamy. What is ethical non-monogamy? Yeah. So ethical non-monogamy is the big umbrella term to describe a relationship dynamic, uh, different relationship dynamics uh, that mean that the two people who are in relationship can form other relationships outside of each other. And the big thing with ethical non-monogamy is that everyone is consenting and informed, which is very different from cheating, which all parties are not informed. Okay, so that would be unethical. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> AKA life. Yes. <laughs> In relationships as we've known it for the last 200 whatever years. And so I feel like as we're defining things, I think it's really important for us to define monogamy 
so that we can get into what ethical non-monogamy is. Yolanda, can you offer to us a definition for monogamous relationships? Okay, so I would define a monogamous relationship as having one mate, one spouse, or one sexual partner, right? Like you're committed to this one person, that one person is committed to you. And anything outside of that would be considered cheating. (laughs) Okay. 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 And and you know, monogamy, let me just say, that's the standard for, for traditional relationships. Not most. I mean, monogamy is the standard. When you meet someone and you decide you want to be in relationship with them, you know, it's almost an understood and anything else most of the time is not discussed. Yeah. It's like like an expectation. I definitely agree with what Yolanda said. Um, And I think it's that unspoken expectation. Uh, I think that different people could have different definitions of even like what monogamy looks like or what cheating looks like, I should say. Um, Like if I go to the movies with someone else? Is that cheating? If I kiss someone else, is that cheating? Because I I haven't had sex with them. Um, So the ways in which we define monogamy can be different from relationship to relationship. Mm. Mm. So in an open relationship, can you cheat? I feel like that's like what everybody (laughs) wanted to Can can you cheat, right? Since we're on the topic of cheating, monogamy, right? Like, is it possible in a open relationship for you to cheat if you allow to see other people? It is. Um, It depends on, one, how you are defining cheating. For me, I think cheating is crossing a boundary in that relationship. So in in a monogamous relationship, if you guys agree to be sexually exclusive and you cheat and you have sex with someone else, you're breaking that boundary. In a non-monogamous relationship, breaking a certain boundary can look like a number of things. You can agree. I don't know if I'm getting like too explicit, but like you can agree, like if you have sex, that you will use protection with any other partner. Um, and if you don't, that could be considered cheating. So again, it's, it's, it's different definitions. If you are emotionally involved with someone else um, and that is a, a boundary that you and your partner have agreed not to cross, that can also be considered, considered cheating. So it just depends on what that boundary is and whether you have crossed that boundary. Mm. Well, based on, you know, his story, like, I feel like I always hear people talking about on the internet, people been engaging in (laughs) non-ethical monogamy for years. (laughs) So I think the thing that I guess a lot of people want to know is, is monogamy dead? And did it ever work? So monogamy, it works. But I think what, what I'm seeing in the dating world is that there are people in open relationships and that hasn't been agreed upon, you know? So it's, it's an open relationship by force almost because you're not just in a relationship with one person or one partner. Mm. (laughs) So based on that, would you say that 
has monogamy ever worked? Right. So you talked about it being the traditional standard of relationship. And I would agree. Like, I think that for most of us, we've been conditioned to believe that monogamy is the standard of relationship from television shows to movies. You don't see a whole lot Mm -hmm. of examples out there of open relationships. And so what we we what we have consumed from pretty much birth and childhood is that you're supposed to grow up. You're supposed to get married to one person. You're supposed to be in a relationship with that person. You're supposed Mm -hmm. to settle down. You're supposed to have kids. But, you know, like you said, people have been forced into open relationships by virtue of cheating. So I'm just wondering, even though monogamy has been the standard, has it ever actually (laughs) happened? Or have we actually (laughs) been engaging in these open relationships all along, just in a non-ethical way? No, I I think, no, monogamy definitely, look, it works, okay? It works. But what what we haven't known is that there are people out there that we thought were monogamous and here's your will and Jada and everybody wants to live to that standard and they just rock our world. (laughs) And we were like, Oh, so that's why y'all so happy. (laughs) Look, if my options were will and August Alcina, I'd be untangled too. Okay. You can untangle me in between the two of them anytime. Yeah. No, (laughs) I I just think we just haven't known this as an option and and people just don't talk about it openly because they don't want to be judged for how, how they're living their life. And now it's time to talk about it without judgment. (laughs) That part. So because people just want to be happy, you know, I want to give people permission, especially my clients that who I'm coaching you know, live your life how you see fit. Do what makes you happy. Just because I have a traditional value system, it doesn't mean that it's right for you. Mm. So when it comes to your matchmaking services specifically, and you have clients who come to you, do you match them specifically if they're interested in an open relationship? Like, how do you navigate matchmaking people interested in open relationships like you just have to make sure that everybody is open to it or how do, how does that work <laughs> okay so most people who come to me because i market a traditional service so you know i deal with a lot of christian singles um so people come to me they mostly have traditional values but i have met and i have had clients who are in open relationships. I'll give you one example. So I had one client um, married for 13 years. It was an open relationship and it did not end because it was an open relationship. Um, The marriage didn't end because of that. But I kind of feel, and Brie making speak more to this, but I felt like in um, talking to that client, he still wanted this one central person or that one person who was, you know, I don't know what everybody else would be to him, but he wanted his person to have a life with, to have a child with. And, you know, but he still was very clear 
that it has to be an open relationship because that's what satisfies him. Mm. Well, before you chime in on that, Brie, like the, the central goal of my question is basically how we enter into these open relationships. Like, how do you even initiate an open relationship? Because as your friend, I feel mm-hmm. like, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I just in our friendship have not been asking the right questions, but in my, <laughs> my experience with you as your friend, I remember a time when you were a regular old monogamy practicer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so how did you get into ethical non-monogamy? Yeah. I don't know if my story is necessarily different compared to other people's story. I guess everyone's story is unique in how they enter into this journey. But for me personally, I entered this journey because one of my partners simply asked, like um, it started off with a DM. We had been friends for a while and we we were talking and i can't remember the exact post that i responded to um but it 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 had something to do with like you can't like own your partner literally from that message uh he asked do you want to be my partner and at first i thought that it was a joke because i'm just like haha, you already have a partner. (laughs) Um, And he was just like, no, that's not what I asked. Um, And so then I was just like, I was like, I'm willing to explore and see where things go. And from there, the, the rest is pretty much history. And so when he asked me that, I just began to see for myself like what it meant to be in an open relationship what it meant to be in a polyamorous relationship and that relationship has just organically grown um and as i was doing my own research my google research and facebook groups and instagram groups some of the like philosophies and tenets that for lack of better words, is preached or talked about in ethical non-monogamy, I really liked and really resonated with. Mm. So what about the open relationship after you did your research was appealing to you? I would say what was most appealing to me is not feeling like I was restricted and not feeling like I had to choose. And I think it It started with realizing that in all of my other relationships outside of romantic relationships, it's it's open, right? Like people have multiple, multiple friends, right? People have multiple people who they love. Like you can love both of your parents. You can love your siblings, your cousins, your friends. Um, And so I look at it from a framework of, of love and just being open to love in whatever dynamic that looks like. Um, so that's, that's what I love about it. Mm. I I'm also so interested about how these relationships get started. So I have a funny story. So I have a friend 
I, I don't name names ever on the Sugar Free Podcast, but I have a friend who I knew her and her husband very intimately. We were all friends. We were all close. Not in like, not in that kind of intimate, because I know we're talking about inti- like intimate relationships here today, but not that kind of intimate. But we were all friends, like platonic friends, knew them all. And one day I'm surfing the dating apps because that's how a lot of us find people these days. And I see her husband on the app. Right. And I know that they're still very much so married, involved. And I never knew the intimate details of their relationship. But on his profile, it said he was in an open marriage. And I'm like, does your wife know that? (laughs) Does she know that? And so, you know, Mm -hmm. I know that a conversation is important, but does the open relationship have the potential to be awkward and messy like that? Like, how how do you avoid that? Like, are there some rules or standards you can to this? There are and should be boundaries and maybe potentially rules, but um, I think more so um, boundaries and any relationship can get get awkward and messy. And so there is the potential for open relationships to get messy. But I would say that so far with my experiences, it has not been messy at all. Um, There are challenges in any relationship, whether it is open or not. But just because it is open doesn't mean that the relationship is going to be any messier. So when you when the guy approached you and he said, oh, you want to be my my other partner, did you get an opportunity to meet that the other person or was that a choice that was on the table? Would you have wanted to meet her or would that have made it awkward and messy for you? So with that particular partnership, Again, there's so many like different like definitions and like interactions. So with this particular partner, his partner wanted to date separately and necessarily wasn't interested in meeting my partners, other partners, including me. But I guess what I was what I wanted to make sure was that she knew and that she was okay with this relationship dynamic. And so I feel like with that, I got those assurances, but it's not like me and her hang out or like we're texting each other, but we do know about each other and we are okay. We are all consenting adults um, in this relationship, but there are other types, like what they call like kitchen table, uh, which is more so like all of your partners, partners, partners can like sit around and just be at a kitchen table theoretically and just hang out and talk. Mm. Mm. What about you, Yolanda, and your experience of getting people together and matching them? Or is mm-hmm. there some any awkwardness in facilitating, getting, uh, initiating those open relationships? Or is it just as simple as a conversation? think so from the individuals that I've interacted with who are in open relationships um, and those who are interested in just exploring um, open relationships you know I always just say to them you know talk to someone who's having the experience because yeah you can read google you know but what about when you have to deal with the emotional parts of that you know talk to 
the women and men who are actually doing this. You know, there are even groups out there like you can find groups and be a part of groups if you want to explore just the idea to see if it's right for you. And that's another great way to really get the information, you know, about open relationships. You know, let it be a personal choice. That's what I always say. You know, do what is suitable for you. Not because somebody else is doing it, not because it's uh, popular, but just because it feels good and right. You know, just like if you were in a monogamous relationship, that's a, you do it because personally it makes you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one one thing that hangs me up about the open relationships is the the line crossing. Right. Like so you talked about talking to the woman or at least just talking to her enough to be able to be assured that she was okay with the relationship. And I feel like there's like a veil there and like, you know what I mean? Like having communication with her, like pierces the veil. Like if I was to be in an open relationship, I would have to be like complete ignorance. Like, I don't want to know her. I don't want to know she exists because I feel like I would get so jealous. How do that's, you that's a real issue? <laughs> yeah, how do you yeah. manage that? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah, jealousy is a huge issue, or it can be a huge issue. I would say for me, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a jealous person. Um, and I think that jealousy shows a couple of things. I think a lot of times jealousy is a symptom of something, but isn't the root cause of what the issue is. And so you have to have a lot of self-reflection and do a lot of inner work to figure out what is the root cause of why I am feeling this emotion. Why am I feeling jealous? Why am I feeling insecure? And then you can go to your partners and express what it is that you feel like you are needing in areas of support. And I think also what a lot of jealousy is rooted in um, sometimes is this feeling of possession and ownership. Mm. A lot of people in monogamous relationships, when I, when I talk to them, you know, like this is, this is my person, this is my man. I, I don't want to share when this is a whole human being that you don't have control ownership of. So how can you, you share this person? So I, I, I that, that, that's how I view, um, view jealousy. Mm. Mm. I'm feeling real yeah. exposed right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, that jealousy and that it, it's just the feeling of insecurity, like probably for me, an open relationship wouldn't work. Look, I'm an only child. I don't share well, <laughs> you know, that probably would not be a thing for me, right? Because yeah. it just would not be like, I wouldn't do well with that. And I, you know, for one reason or another, but that those insecurities, they come up in monogamous relationships. And surely when you're dealing with multiple people, you have to manage that emotional part, but it starts with being your own secure self and securing yourself, knowing what you want, um, and really understanding, you know, why, why are you choosing this as an option for your life? You know, this is a space for really mature people. <laughs> <Agreed>. <laughs> you agree, Bree? Like, yeah. you, you, you really have to be 
be a mature person to deal in an open relationship because it's going to be so many dynamics. Like I could just imagine women comparing themselves to the other person and why did you do this with them? And I'm just too petty for it. I'm just going to tell you, I'm too selfish, I'm too petty for it. But I think there are mature people out there who who handle it. And, I, you know, I've talked to them and, and they're happy. So I just wanted to be on to say, look, do what makes you happy and forget what everybody else is saying about this, because if you're happy, that is all that matters. Yeah, I, I think I'm with with you, Yolanda, on it. I just I don't I don't know <laughs> what it is, but even as busy as I am, and this was a huge issue in my last relationship that my partner felt like I was not available enough, but it's like, I want to know that even if you're not with me, you're not over there with some other girl. And I don't know why, because she could probably help me out because he, she could have kept him busy while I was busy, right? Because I'm like, oh, I'm busy. I can't be available to you. But she probably could have been a great resource. We could have tag team. And she yeah. really could have been my best ally. But instead, I'm over here mad. Like, uh-uh, you can't be over there yeah. entertaining some other woman. And I don't know what that is on the inside (laughs) so Brie uh Brie referred to like the kitchen table kind of idea right which is really like a family concept and and built and having community so you know I guess Brie would you agree with this that it's more than just the sexual experience and being able to you know have sexual experience with different partners but it's also a community a family what is your take on that Yes, uh, I would definitely agree. It is, at least for me, I'm only speaking for myself. I can't speak for other people and other open relationships. Um, It is more about just like building a community. Um, I feel like for me, with my personal journey with non-monogamy, it was reevaluating all of my relationships, not just my sexual and romantic relationships. Um, And I feel like I have come to value and appreciate all of my relationships and opening up my relationship has just allowed me to have a greater community, people who I can depend on. If I'm going through a hardship, you know, it's I'm not placing all of my burdens on this one person. I have a network, a community that I can reach out to when I need help, when I need support. And I think that that is a, a great thing. Uh-huh. Well, you also talked about a lot of the inner work that you had to do in order to be ready for this open relationship. So I don't I don't know if I'm gonna ever be ready just because I'm so far down the rabbit hole with my issues. <laughs> but what kind of inner work did you do to be able to come to the mature place of being ready for an open relationship? Yes, uh, it was a lot of inner work. And it was a lot of, I feel like, unlearning and relearning. So I feel like one of the biggest things that I struggled with and maybe still still struggling with, or like, I don't know, still struggling with, or still something that I have to assess and reassess is like, what does it mean to be chosen? I feel like we use that that term, at least I have used that, that term before, like I'm trying to be chose out here in these streets. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what does it mean to know that 
my partner is choosing me, but also is choosing other people. And so just having to deal with that aspect, but just knowing that I bring value to my partner and my partners bring value to me that other people can't bring. And I feel like if we, again, look at relationships just in general, outside of sexual romantic relationships, we can really understand this dynamic. You know, like what you bring to me, Sydney, as a friend is different from what my friend Lacey can bring to me or different from what my friend Tiffany can bring to me. And all of you ladies add value to, to my life. And I don't necessarily have to be exclusive to just you um, and still realizing that I'm still choosing you, you know, I'm but still you like me best. You're, I'm your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's me right there. See, you see? right there. <laughs> Don't tell me. <laughs> <sighs> That's why my inner work is still working. <laughs> it, it still is. Still dealing with with other other issues. Um, like, am I like a side piece, or like, am I like breaking up a happy home? Like all of these different things that you have to deal with and contend with. Like, what are other people? going to think about my relationship. But to Yolanda's point, like do what makes you happy. And I can say that this is one of my healthiest relationships that I have been in, one of my most committed relationships that I have been in. Um, And we can talk about like what commitment looks like in a non-monogamous relationship. Um, But I would say at the end of the day, I am truly happy. There was so much here, like to unpack, (laughs) but it was something so powerful about what you said about being chosen. And it reminded me of an interview that I saw with Oprah and Oprah is like one of my idols, love her, but she's also a very busy woman. And she talked about in this particular interview about how Stedman had asked her to marry her. And so they're, they're not married. They have a long-term committed partnership, been together for many years, never married, but not because she wasn't asked. And she said, when he asked her, she realized that at that moment, she did not want to be married. She just wanted to be asked. (sighs) Right. (laughs) And and there was something. So she was like, after he asked her, she never felt like she needed to marry him. She just wanted to know that he chose her. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Right? Right? Yes. And I, was like, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Do any of us really want to be married or is it just our ego saying, I want to be the favorite child. I want to be the bestest friend. I want to be chosen. Like, mm-hmm. do, do we really want these things or do we, is it just our ego telling us we want to be yeah. chosen? I think, yeah. So I would say society <laughs> has set it up that way, right? Like that's the image that we get from a child. Like it's a fairy tale, right? You want to be chosen, but choose yourself, mm. you know, because really those people, even in this community of open relationships, Bree, and, and you could probably vouch for this, that yeah, you have them as a support system, but you got to fill yourself up before anyone else can fill you up, 
right? Like you, you have gotten yourself through your work to a place where you've built your confidence. You, you feel more secure in yourself. You, you understand what you want from another person. And then, then you can give something. So I don't really think it, it differs if you're monogamous or non-monogamous because it really starts always with you. Mm. Hit the nail right on the head. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> you did. And it's so funny you say that because I'm also an avid Red Table Talk follower and I love the show, love Will and Jada. And you hear them talk about that so often is I'm not sure they haven't openly said they're in an open relationship they haven't admitted to that <laughs> I mean I'm not gonna put that on their marriage because they didn't say it but what I will say they do talk a lot about just that making themselves happy and like the deconstruction of their marriage to tear down all of those preconceived notions about what marriage and relationship should look like and Will talked about how Jada loves the traditional Christmas and every single Christmas she want to put the tree up, put the sweater on. And Will hates that. He wants to go travel for Christmas. Right. And so they have like given their each other the space to make themselves happy, even if it means they got to do it apart. Right. Like maybe we don't spend every holiday together because that's not what I want to do. And I, I love that personally. Like I need that space. <laughs> I need that freedom. <laughs> like, I don't want to mm-hmm. see your mama every Christmas. Like, that's just not what I want to do. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to see you every mother's day. I don't want to see you any day, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that's just not me. Mm-hmm. Like if I want to work, I don't want to feel pressure. And so that really resonated with me about what you said, Yolanda, about making yourself happy first is mm-hmm. if they are in an open relationship, they have definitely got that part down for sure. And so the other thing that I wanted to ask about, so this is kind of switching gears a little bit. So we hear all the time and we're all three black women. A lot of our listeners are black women and women of color talk about how it's so difficult to date as a black woman. I don't know if that's true or not. But I'm wondering if being more open to these unconventional relationships, being more open to open relationships, will that or does it make it easier to date? So I would just say it just gives you more options. (laughs) You know, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it just gives you more options. You know, most people are just traditional thinking, saying, oh, I want to be married or you know, I want to be partnered, but look at relationship in every context of relationship, because, you know, sometimes I make introductions and I'll say, now this may not be your person, but this is a great business connection, you know, or this may not be your person, but I think you guys will make great friends. You know, relationship is more than an intimate relationship. So, you know, I want to be a whole person, you know, and I want to explore life in multiple ways. And every time I interact with a man, I'm not thinking that is, and I interact with many men because of my business. So, but I, you know, I'm thinking about how does the relationship add value to my life? Yes. Um, I will say that surprisingly, um, since being openly 
in an open relationship, I feel like it has <laughs> cut down on the number of potentials, um, which I find kind of funny uh, uh-huh. because I feel like in a way, I feel like it would be easier for me to just be in a traditional monogamous relationship. Um, but again, like saying that, like I am open um, and I currently have a partner, but I, or partners, um, and I can have other partners, um, dissuades a lot of people. (laughs) So, and I feel like it's different because I'm just like, okay, well, you're over here cheating, doing it like (laughs) non-ethically, like what's the difference? (laughs) I think the central difference, and as you were explaining it, it dawned on me, you talked about earlier about this sense of ownership and women aren't the only people who like to own things. I think that maybe the men who are not willing to engage in open relationship with you still want to own you and cannot handle the idea, right. Of knowing that they're allowing you to be with some other guy. Yeah, you yes, that that that's it exactly. <laughs> I think it, it comes back down to ego and and ownership. Um, they want to be the only one, although I might not be the only one for them. It's like mm. why that doesn't make any sense. Mm. That is so crazy because like like you said, I would have thought that this may have made dating easier because I'm like, this gotta be every dude's fantasy. Like we can all do whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's rules. <laughs> it's, it's definitely rules and boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Like my my woman is going to give me permission to see another woman. Like I'm thinking in my mm-hmm. mind, that's got to be every dude's greatest dream come true. Mm-hmm. Oh, but let me tell you, even in the non-monogamous relationship in the community even a lot of people are still not okay with their woman having another male partner. Um, I have come across people in this community who, and again, I apologize for being too explicit, but there's this definition called the one penis policy. And so in those relationship dynamics, the man again is just one penis, but the woman can have other relationships with other women, but can't have another man. Um, and again, I feel like those type of relationships just further reinforces like patriarchy and gender inequality. And I, I think devalues um, women relationships. Like it's not seen as a threat if my woman is, is with another woman, but it's somehow a threat to my ego. If my woman, and even as I'm talking about it, like you hear this, this ownership, but like my woman is dating another, another man. So it's, it's very interesting out here. (laughs) (laughs) So in that same scenario where you're talking about one man and one woman and the woman only being allowed to date other women is the man also allowed to date other women. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. That's deep. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's deep. This I'm a little disappointed. 
honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed just because I was thinking that being more open to different types of relationships would open more doors for you potentially with dating and not less. And so I'd love to hear from you, Yolanda, about whether or not in your professional experience, you've seen it be more difficult for black women to find love, because I know that it's, it's something that is put out there a lot, you know, like, oh, black women are the least married. And and I don't know if there's any validity to those statistics. I try not to feed into it, but I just would like to know, like, from what you've seen, like, is it more difficult for black women to date? Um, And is exploring these different kinds of relationships potentially an avenue for us to maybe find something better, different, more fulfilling? Yes. Yes. Black women should explore <laughs> these <laughs> relationships. Yes. Um, and so it's multiple reasons the dating scene is is difficult for Black women. I mean, you have to think about, and I, I'll use Atlanta because that's, you know, where I live. So the ratio of Black women to men is ginormous. And then you have all these successful Black women and they all want to date successful Black men, right? But you're not going to where successful Black men are. So you don't have a social life that can get you there, right? Or maybe you haven't done the self-work, which is what Bree started with before she entered a successful open relationship. So it's so many things that you have to consider when you talk about what is it hard or why it's not happening. And it's usually very individualized. Mm. Mm -hmm. Do you have like a figure for what the actual ratio is of black men to black women in Atlanta? Well, 80 percent of black women in Atlanta are single women. Wow. And then what about for men? So I don't have a statistic <laughs> that I can share with you on the men. <laughs> I'll just tell you about the women, it, you know. <laughs> yes. Wow. So 80% of women in Atlanta are single, Black women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I'm proud to be part of the 80%. Which is why we need a Black <laughs> matchmaker. Like, we, you know, yes. I always, you know, I have this thing. And this is why we have to explore d- different ways to relationship. It, it's because... You know, the 30-year-old who wants a child or who wants to be married, you know, if if your only option is traditional relationship and that's not available to you, are you open to trying something else? Mm -hmm. You know, when you're working to meet your goals, you look at many avenues and many ways to meet a goal. You just don't say, oh, I just want it to happen this way. And if it does not happen this way, what do you do? Do you give up? No, no, you don't give up. Not if you really want it. So, Mm. yeah, there are many people at open relationships. I believe people just don't talk about it because it's not socially so acceptable. I think it's becoming more acceptable. Now people are beginning to talk about it. But, you know, the church group, they're not talking about it. (laughs) No. Well, it's after me be sleeping with other people. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know. Well, I'm glad we're talking about it because honestly, I was surprised when Bree told me that she was in an open relationship and we've been friends for 10 years now. And, you know, I've heard of open relationships, but I've never heard of it so close. Right. Like it's it's something that 
Will and Jada do, right? It's something that, you know, people on TV do, like uh, Dro and Molly and Candace on Insecure, right? Like those people do it, but my people don't do it. We're not there yet. So to hear like my people doing it, I'm like, wait, I need to know more now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you felt closer to home. Like, okay, maybe this is something that is acceptable and normal. And I think that's what it takes is like, if you know your neighbor is in an open relationship, if you know your friend is in an open relationship, if you know that your mom is in an open relationship or whatever, it 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 normalizes it a little bit more for you. It makes it feel a little bit more acceptable. Mm-hmm. And it kind of maybe gives you the courage to say, okay, maybe I'm ready to, to do this. But if people don't talk about it, if we don't talk about it, if we, we don't normalize it. And so I'm really glad that we're able to have this conversation. And I'm so mm-hmm. glad that Brie was very willing to be open about her relationship mm-hmm. because it's going to help normalize it for people and maybe mm-hmm. empower them to seek relationship in different ways that maybe they weren't open to before. So I'm listen, this, I was so excited for this conversation. Y'all don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So I know we're coming up on time and miraculously we've gotten through most of things, but one question that I had that we hadn't covered yet. And so this is totally not on topic, but in a, in a different conversation, Bree and I have talked about, her being in a committed relationship that is open. And that is uh, mind blowing to me. If you are in an open relationship, how is it simultaneously committed? And what have you committed to? Okay. Yes. So I think one, a lot of people conflate committed and exclusivity. So you can be committed to someone or multiple people and not necessarily be um, exclusive. Uh, So I think that, again, it depends on how you define commitment. And I guess for me, what commitment is, is just being intentional about the ways that I show up for my people, whether that is my romantic relationships, whether that's just my platonic friendships, it's just, again, being committed and being intentional about the ways in which um, I show up for them and the agreements that we establish. So if me and one of my partners establish that every Tuesday we're going to get tacos, um, then commitment for me is honoring that that relationship agreement to say every Tuesday we're going to to get tacos. Um, and so I guess for me and my partners, and I'll talk about at least with one of my partners, my long-term partner, it's just being committed to being in each other's lives and showing up for each other, however that may look like. Mm. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. Just because you're right. I think that we have over time made commitment synonymous with exclusivity, right? Like when we talk about marriage, you were like, oh, I want you to commit to me. You haven't made that ultimate commitment to me. 
And we talk about that and we think about marriage being an exclusive endeavor and you're entering into a marriage with, you know, just that person or what have you. But really, like you said, what you want from the person is for them to show up for you in the ways that you need to feel happy and whole. And that is the commitment. Like, listen, my mind is blown. Like, I'm like, (laughs) that's fantastic. Oh, I'm rethinking my whole life right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I don't know if I should also add, like being in an open relationship doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have multiple partners at all times. I think for me, being an open relationship is just, again, being open to just love in a multitude of ways and just the opportunity to love people and not feel like I'm restricted. I don't know if I can give like a personal example, but please um, do. do. (laughs) So I, like I said, I am in an open relationship and I have at least I have more than one partner, but I have, I'm just talking about this one main partner that I have. And I went to California for a friend's wedding. And while I was there, I met this wonderful individual. And I just feel like we just immediately connected. And since that, that wedding, like one, I was, because I'm in an open relationship, I was able to explore what this other relationship might look like and not have to like be restrictive, like, oh, well, I have a man, I can't engage with this other person. And that has just been such um, an awesome relationship. And now like he'll fly in from California or I'll go out to California to see each other. And I feel like if I wasn't in this open relationship, I wouldn't have been able to explore that dynamic. And just because you know, I have this dynamic with, I'll call him California Bay. Um, doesn't mean that <laughs> I have to give up uh, New York Bay. <laughs> That's how we'll call them. <laughs> yes. So how, how does that work, though? Like, so you went to the wedding. Let's say a new wedding comes up. Mm-hmm. Would you feel pressure to take as a date? Let's say if it was appropriate to take a date, your long-term partner, or could you take somebody else? Like, how does that work? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's up to, to that individual person. So like, let's say that, you know, the long-term partner and California Bay, (laughs) (laughs) I would first see like, one, are you even interested in going to the wedding? Like maybe long-term Bay isn't interested in going to the wedding. So then I'll just go with California Bay to see who's available. Maybe one of them might be available. Maybe one might not. And then I guess let's, let's say for instance, that both were willing and able. Again, I guess you just have to make a decision or maybe you can choose none of them and and bring someone else. Like you can bring another, another friend, a completely platonic friend or just someone else so that, you know, like there's just a multitude of ways that you can handle the situation. (laughs) I told you, Sydney, this conversation is for grown, grown folks. You gotta be grown, grown. (laughs) 
really you really do. But it sounds when you explain it, it makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. Doesn't it? Like, I feel like for something that has been considered taboo or non-traditional or unconventional, as you're explaining it to me, it makes a whole lot of daggone sense. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, that, my God. I, that's been my experience. <laughs> so I'm just like, <laughs> as I explored this type of relationship dynamic, I was was mind blown. Just like, yeah, I'm like, I shouldn't be able to restrict my partner. Like, I don't know, maybe like you said, with Will and Jada, um, like she really loves the traditional Christmas and Will wants to to travel like I don't ever want to think that like I'm restricting my partner from what they really want to do. And I also don't want to be restricted from what I really want to do. And so it just allows everyone to get what they want um, and make sure that their their needs are are being met um, and not putting so much pressure on your partner to be that everything for you, because no one can be that everything. I think that all of us, we need a community as, as a whole. Girl, a word, a word. Cause I think that this has been the detriment of so many of my relationships is that it's too much, but <laughs> like the pressure that we put on our partners, pressures that's been put on us to, to do things. It's just, it's a lot. When you consider that as working boss women, we are trying to juggle our own ambitious pursuits. We're trying to juggle friendships, relationships with family. And then you want me to like do all this for you on top of that? Like, I really can't like, right. It's like I really can't. And then I'm the bad guy. But when I say no, like, no, I'm not going with you to this wedding. No, I'm not traveling with you on the holidays. No, I don't want to do that. And I have been labeled as selfish for that because I don't want to sacrifice myself or the things that I'm doing for the relationship. And we associate love with sacrifice. And I do think that you probably have to give up some things, but myself is the one thing I cannot give up. And I feel like men have a hard time accepting that sometimes of me saying, if you make me choose between me and you, I'm choosing me every single time. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and I feel but like Sydney, yeah, go ahead. I, 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 you know, the coach of me would say you have with your next relationship, you have to make a decision about what you want the partnership to serve in your life. Like how, how, how should the partnership or relationship serve you? So you don't feel like you're giving, 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 but how can that relationship serve you? How does it make you happy? And then you can just be yourself. You can just do all those things. You, you have to choose the partnership and relationship that serves you. When you say serve you, break that down for me. Like That's, what, what that does that serves, mean? That serves your needs, mm. right? Your needs. What do you need from the relationship? What do you need from partnership? Well, you know, you've already determined, I don't need anybody to add anything to my workload or give me stuff to do. Bam. I don't need that. So, but how do you need the relationship to serve you? That's a good question. Yeah. And that's just something to ponder because you have everything you need within yourself. When you choose relationship, you're choosing relationship because it 
it's it's adding to you, but it's not complicated. Like you're not you you get to be yourself, and that person gets to be themselves. But when you come together, you notice that this adds something to you. It could be happiness, it could be friendship, but you have to know the type of partnership you want. So you can choose well. You can choose well. When you know what you want, you can choose so much better. That's so real. I think for me personally, I think that I am, to Bree's point, at this point in my life, trying to unlearn all Mm. the conditioning. And so I thought I was very clear about what I wanted. And I wanted a very traditional relationship and situation. But as I'm getting older, I'm realizing those don't work for me. (laughs) And a lot of my relationships have failed because the traditional relationship, I can't deliver on that. I can't make good on that. I can't cook you dinner every night. I can't do that. I can't clean up. I can't do that. I can't sit on the couch with you every night and and watch you play video games. That's not my ministry. If if I need to be up and out, I need to be up and out. If I want to be in the streets, I want to be in the streets. I like, I crave freedom and the pressure that we put on a lot of these traditional relationships don't allow for the kinds of freedom that I need in a relationship. So I don't have an answer to that question because I'm still learning about what my needs are as I unlearn the conditioning because I just wanted what I thought I was supposed to have. And now I'm like, maybe that's why I'm still single. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and maybe it's, it's okay to be single. It's okay to be in that season of you. Well, you just get to nurture you and you just get to understand things more about yourself because the better you do those things, then everything else unfolds. Then that person is attracted to your authentic, perfect self, you know? Absolutely. I'm happy being single right now. I, I can't even think about nobody else. I don't want to think about nobody else. I don't, I don't care about your problems right now. Like, that's not where I'm at. Oh my gosh, this conversation has been so, so, so good. So as we wrap things up with our two love experts, I need y'all to give me your best advice for those who are interested in exploring open relationships, unconventional relationships. Bree, you want to go first? Sure. I think that Yolanda touched on it, right? Like, you have to start with you. You have to start with figuring out what you want. So then you can know what you are seeking in your next partnership, in your next relationship and figuring out what are those insecurities that you may have and just learning, learning yourself uh, before you can open up the relationship. Mm. Yolanda? The advice that I would have is just don't worry about what anybody else thinks about what you want to do with your life. <laughs> you know, that's what the 50 year old self says. I mean, really, like if you really think that you want to explore an open relationship and you're ready for that, you're mature enough for that, then I'm just saying do it and don't care what anybody thinks about it. Amen. Amen. And can I just say that this 50 is 30ing right now? 
Oh my God. Ooh, black don't crack. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so are, do you have any resources or books that you might recommend for people who are interested in exploring or starting to do the work? Um, I'll say my pick for a resource that I discovered was Susan Wenzel's A Happy Life in an Open Relationship. And so she's a relationship expert. She's been featured on OWN, but she's also in an open relationship. And so I thought that she and she's a black woman. So I thought it was very interesting to see a black woman relationship expert providing guidance and advice on not only traditional relationships, but also open relationships. And then also having the added expertise and experience of being in an open relationship. Any other resources or books or websites, blogs that people might um, be able to tap into to get started on their open relationship journey? There's there's lots of books. Uh, one of the books, though, is called uh, The Ethical Slut. Uh, so okay. yeah, you might want to <laughs> check that out. Um, <laughs> and then for myself, I have uh, just found a network a network on on social media on Instagram of people who are non-monogamous and I feel like as one of my favorite influencers or um people who I follow in this world her name is well her Instagram handle would be uh Levita Loca 34 and there are a few other people uh let's see how you spell um, that because I'm right oh yes <laughs> yes I, I got it for you uh so it is l-a-v-i-t-a-l-o-c-a-34 Okay. I just want to make sure it wasn't like Ricky Martin. (laughs) (laughs) And then by Gabriella Smith, that is another one who I follow. And the last one, and I'm probably going to mispronounce her name is Miraji Lane. I'll just spell it. Uh, M-A-R- J-A-N-I-L-A-N-E. I feel like I use those three people and they are Black women who are in open relationships. Mm. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Oh my gosh. This has been such a wonderful conversation and so educational. Thank you both for tapping in. And so before I let you go, You first have to tell us where we can find you if we want to connect with you more, how we can work with you if uh, we want to utilize your services as a matchmaker. So I don't know who wants to go first. Yolanda? So um, if you're interested in in the services Love and Vogue, we have, um, you can schedule a consultation call. That's the starting point. And it's at loveandvogue.com. Um, We offer matchmaking and date coaching. We also have a a Facebook community called Love and Vogue Black Singles. And you can look for events on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And that's at My Love and Vogue. For the Facebook group, do we have to be a current client to join or is it like an open? It's an open group. 
All right. Yes. Let me write that down. <laughs> Brie, what about you? How can we find you and connect with you? And it's okay if you say you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think on that. I mean, sure. If people, you know, have questions, uh, you can find me on Instagram at righteous. That's with the W 15. Perfect. 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 So the second thing we have to do before I let you go is we have to do our sugar-free quickies. So the sugar-free quickies are a series of either or questions and you have to choose either or both or none is not an option. And since we have two people, we're only going to do three, but you both have to answer all three. Okay. You ready? All right. So for date night, nice dinner or Netflix and chill, Yolanda. Nice dinner. Continent Atlanta is one of my favorites. You got to go to a new and trendy restaurant. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Brie? Uh, same. I, I want a restaurant. Mm. Most of the ladies on the show always say Netflix and chill. Mm. I could do that any night. I could not day. Oh. <laughs> Netflix and chill. No. That's probably true. That's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For Valentine's Day, chocolate or champagne? Brie. Hey. You <laughs> <laughs> said chocolate or champagne? Mm-hmm. Okay. So look, I have to share this. It's called Funky Chunky. Okay. <laughs> so it's all these popcorns, chocolate, peanuts. It's just especially... This is what, look, I'm telling you, if you get this for Valentine's, you're going to love them instead of smashing those chocolates that you don't know what's inside of them and then throwing <laughs> away the ones you don't like. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Shameless. Plug. And I'm going to post this on my Instagram. <laughs> I think it's a great Valentine's gift. <laughs> All right. But you still got to choose chocolate or champagne. That's the, the name of the chocolate game. Chocolate popcorn. <laughs> okay. We'll credit you with chocolate. <laughs> last one would you prefer marriage or long-term partnership brie long-term partnership Ooh, interesting yolanda my traditional self marriage <laughs> i feel it i feel it i love that you guys both have such different perspectives <laughs> This was amazing. And so as we wrap up today, I hope that someone out there heard the message today, which is not to go out there and get yourself entangled. That's not the, <laughs> the message. The message is the relationship ain't working unless it works for you. That's the message, Amen. right? So if you feel inspired to explore an open relationship or an unconventional partnership, you have my full support. All I ask is that you report back to us here at the Sugar Free Podcast and give us the tea because I need to know. I'm trying to educate myself. I need to know what's going on, okay? So thank mm -hmm. you ladies again for joining us and thank you guys mm -hmm. so much for tuning in to another episode. Be sure to check back in real soon for plenty of real talk and of course the most exquisite tea that's 100% sugar free woo chow mm-hmm what a show we shared some good old tea today didn't we friend thank you for your presence I truly enjoyed you at the tea party and we appreciate you sipping on some sugar free tea 
with me, your host, Sid Mack. Until next time, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Sugar Free Podcast or at Sugar Free Pod. You can also visit our website at www.sugarfreepodcast.com. See you again soon, friends. And be sure to keep the tea party going, a with plenty of tea that's 100% sugar-free. Meet small business owner Mackenzie Nicole. Mackenzie's business is growing and she needs forms and templates to legally protect her business from clients, partners, and employees. But she's low on cash and needs to find forms and templates that are legally binding and comprehensive, yet affordable. Not knowing where to find such forms and templates, Mackenzie was stressed until she found Formally Forms, the one-stop DIY legal shop for small business owners, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs. All Formally Forms are affordable, easy to use, and expertly drafted by a licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So what are you waiting for? Be like Mackenzie and get your formally form or template today.